the film series that won't die. Nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. Hey, welcome back to the Amityville podcast, where we are watching all of the Amityville horror movies in order of release, as far as we can determine, depending on some of them being released in the same year. We're not to that point yet. We are at the first uh, generational hop, Amityville, the new generation. Yeah, and uh, that was Patrick. I am Tom, and yes, we're still in the in the that those halcyon days when the world could only handle one Amityville. Uh, direct-to-video sequel at a time mm-hmm. before there was just clamoring and yeah. everybody was just like no I need more Amityville before everyone realized that you don't actually need any sort of copyright whatever to make a movie with Amityville in the title it's uh, a town can't copyright the name of a town uh, yeah <laughs> So this is the second from Republic Pictures uh, of their trilogy. I, I don't know if they're connected. Probably not. Uh, well, they are all from the same book. Yeah, all from they're, the same book. This is another uh, adaptation of a story from uh, the Amityville, The Evil Escapes by, uh, is it John G. Jones? John E. Jones? John G. John G. Jones. Uh, Amityville, colon, The Evil Escapes. Amityville. A new generation. Yeah, this one is apparently about a cursed mirror. Uh, this is another of the cursed items track of Avenue Films. And uh, for our pre-roll, we were talking about the idea of new generations and next generations. Yeah. And not just in horror, but in general, when it's worked. I mean, in horror, we have, like, New Nightmare was more of a reboot, not a generational no. thing. No. Um, Scream 4 was half new generation. Uh-huh. I've never seen that. The, hmm. I, I got, I, I was, I, I, I am very avowed not a fan of the sequels to Scream because I think it just, it dilutes the power. Power and the cleverness of the idea. I will say that the second scream, I think, is on par with the first one for me. It, I absolutely it's adore fine. it. It's fine. Yeah, it's but then, I mean, but when you get into that idea of like, uh, like every horror movie sequel has a new generation. True. It's, it's just, we need we new characters because some are dead. Yeah, and we need to kill a lot more. But whereas, like, it, it's kind of like uh, we're horror movie uh, franchises go on long enough there's always a final chapter and more often than not there's like a new generation like Friday the 13th had the uh, the first supposed final chapter followed by Friday the 13th part 5 a new generation right mm-hmm. is it a new generation um there's new, new beginning. New beginning. That's new beginning. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But like, but Gen- then seven was in the new blood. <laughs> right. So <laughs> it was new that. things to convince you that something is changing, but yeah. it's still within the format. Same and it's a tradition that goes all the way back to things like Son of Frankenstein. Yeah. Son uh, of son, Dracula. Son of Dracula. Son, son of, of the, the Invisible Man. Son of the Creature. Return of the Creature. There was No, there was a Son of the Creature. The third the third uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon movie, I think, was Son okay. of the Creature. Gotcha. Son of the Fly. Yeah. Uh, Didn't do a Son of the Mummy because he probably would have been buried <laughs> next to him. So. Yeah. Was there a Son of the Blob? Mm, I was like, what was it? Was the Blob Returns? It was like, or the, Beware the Blob. Beware, okay, yeah. Uh, 
the blob returns. Uh, Gremlins so 2, good. the new batch. Yep, that is another generation of Gremlins. Yep. Uh, obviously, in sci-fi, you have Star Trek Next Generation, mm-hmm. um, which was great. And I think that's why where this one probably most likely got its title was the success yeah. of that, because they didn't know really what to do with uh, getting people to watch a new Star Trek, and it you know, I mean, they got people into it eventually, but um, once it was really defining itself as its own show. Yeah. But, like, a lot of the new generation things tend to be the same old thing. Again, like, Saved by the Bell had a new generation. Degrassi yeah. Junior High had a next generation. And it's a new class. They call the 90210 sequel a new generation. They did? Uh, no, I'm asking. Oh, I, I maybe. Don't remember. I know they had a new 90210. Yeah. But I forget if it had a subtitle. Yeah. I know the Lost. Uh, the Love Boat was the next wave. Nice. Um, Not to be confused with the SNL sketch, The Love Boat, The Next Generation. Right. Love, the final frontier. <laughs> it was so good. So good. Yeah. Patrick Stewart, even then, an untapped comedy goldmine. Oh, yeah. He's so good. Yeah. I, 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 like, I never felt more kinship with John Mulaney than, the, like, honest to God, the first time I watched that Kid Gorgeous special, when he's talking about working on Saturday Night Live and he has, like, the aside, the best time anybody ever introduced uh, a musical act, I screamed at the television, Patrick Stewart, when he introduced Salt and Peppa. And then he's like, yes! And I was like, because I remember that because it was amazing. Because he's nice. just so excited. What's Salt and Peppa? I'm amazing. not arguing, but yeah. it's just one of those wow, Patrick Stewart really likes Salt and Peppa. Yeah, Patrick Stewart's a cool dude. Patrick Stewart has also gone on record as being an immense fan of both Red Dwarf and Beavis mm-hmm. and Butthead. Sure. Because he's got taste. He does. He wanted so, for, for so very long to play Spider-Jerusalem, the main character from amazing. And uh, my friend who is as big a Transmet fan as I... Well, no. Nobody's as big a Transmet fan as I am as I lift up my leg tattoo. Uh, but uh, supposedly Patrick Stewart, when he was getting knighted, he he, he wrote in one of his, autobi- his autobiography or something that uh, he thought to himself, what would Spider do? It's like, yes. That's yes. awesome. Yes. But none of that has anything to do with the movie that we're about to watch, which uh, we have not researched other than I, I looked up the cast and there's kind of a who's who of B-movie and horror-movie people. Like, uh, David Naughton, oh, the American excellent. werewolf in London, yeah. is in this movie. Richard Roundtree, Shaft. Nice. Uh, Terry O'Quinn, John Locke, mm, of Lost, uh, the stepfather, stepfather more yeah. importantly, horror-movie-wise. Mm-hmm. Robert Rustler, the uh, Grady from Friday the 13th Part 2. Nice. And uh, the taller, non-Robert Downey Jr. bully from Weird Science. Fun fact, Robert Downey Jr. drove Robert Russler to his audition for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Nice. Yeah. And the uh, perennial uh, matriarch of modern horror films, Lynn Shay. Oh. Even though this is not New Line. And it is uh, not tied... Um, well, because Lynn Shay is a part of... Well, she's Bob, she was she she's was Bob Shay's sister. She's Bob Shay's sister, but she played the original older version of uh, Ms. Warren uh, from The Conjuring. Well, right? yes. Or is that who that is? Is that supposed to be uh, Lorraine Warren? I in think the Conjuring, the, the Conjuring movies are based on the Warrens. Oh no, no. Uh, oh, I, I'm thinking of Sinister. Or no. Oh, uh, no, wait. Which no, are they in? Insidious. Insidious. She's in the, all those Insidious She's movies. in the Insidious ones. I Okay, I get them all jumbled. Like, was that supposed... 
but was that supposed to be Elaine, like Lorraine? No, because she's no, no. It's not, I don't know. It's not. It's not. All right. Again, this is an incredibly well-informed podcast. You're hey, we to. know who. Hey, people we at home, knew. do you know who Lin Shay is? Can you identify her on site? Yeah. Uh, Shut the up. landlord from Kingpin. <laughs> um, oh God, she was, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. Yeah, she's Bob. Yeah, oh. Bob Shay, uh, head of New Line Cinema, um, for so 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 long. Yeah. His sister appeared in many of their films. Yes. Um, she was in Critters. But always great. Like, yeah. she, she's like, the, like, 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 you can never uh, dismiss how an actor gets an in to any production because yeah. everybody is lucky to get whatever they can get. But she was always memorable, or she is always memorable in mm-hmm. all the things. Like, she's the, the English teacher in Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, she, uh, what other good, oh, she's the, uh, she's one of the, she's one of the stewardesses on, in Snakes on a Plane. That's right. She, that's like, right. sacrifices yep. her life for the kids. Yeah. And she does more often than not tend to pop up in New Line films, but yeah. she pops up in stuff outside of them as well. It's She's sort of like Jeremy Piven to John Cusack. Gotcha. Like John, Jeremy Piven can, is in a lot of movies without John Cusack, but if okay. John Cusack makes a movie, Jeremy, Jeremy Piven, Joan, and more often than not, Anne Cusack will be yeah. make an appearance in the film. Also, uh, same expanded out, Tim Robbins, mm-hmm. Jack Black, and Kyle Gass. Sure. Um, they all are in each other's movies constantly um, since pretty much about when each of them would meet each other. Yeah, like- um, yeah, there's like a whole Bob universe. Robert, like Bob Roberts. Bob Roberts. Jack Black. Uh, Cradle Rock. Um, got. Are they. Who's in Cradle Rock? That's. Uh, uh, KG. Uh, both Tenacious D are in there. John Cusack uh, that, is that, Rockefeller. That's the, uh, the Orson Welles Mercury Theater movie, right? Um, ish. Oh, God, it's been forever since I've seen it. But it's Tim Robbins mm-hmm. wrote and directed it. John Cusack plays Rockefeller. Cajun huh. uh, Jables are in there as a vaudevillian duo. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know that was a Tim Robbins movie. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, Bob like Roberts, a- a- they're all in. Is, is playing Orson Welles in that one, didn't he? I think so, maybe. It's, yeah. It's It's been years since I've seen it. Fair. Um, but yeah, um, you've I got seen it all. stuff like Gross Point Blank shares a bunch of them. Tenacious <sighs> D movie has a bunch. Yeah. Um, Tim Robbins yeah, High Fidelity. Tenacious D movie is hilarious. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> He's just... His getaway is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so. And then he went on to get the Academy Award for Mystic River, and he is in... Well, the fun thing about Mystic River is literally every actor in the movie is in an ever-escalating competition to be the best actor in the movie, mm-hmm. and all of them are in a dead heat until you get to the end, and then the rankings are decided. Yeah. And then, goddamn, oh, man, Flora Linney doesn't come in at... I say Laura Linney comes in at third, but I guess the Academy Awards say she comes in at third. But, yeah. You know, it's bullshit. Miss, I watched that the other day. Mr. Griver. Man, oddly enough, we have spent a lot of time talking about things that aren't the Amityville movie that That's, we kind of sort of... Yeah. We've discussed this, and we'd <laughs> considered dropping this prelude where we talk no. about things tangential to the concept, but we also realized tangential. just like... Not chan transgenital. Trans <laughs> no. modification. No. Well, that was almost a thing. I, 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 well, first impressions. It's just the. It, 
It is. It, it it's trying to be an Amityville movie. It is at times, and then at other times it's trying to just. I don't know what it's trying to do. It definitely feels like somebody had an idea for a movie and then was given the opportunity to write an Amityville movie and figured out how to kind of slap it together. And yet these uh, these guys worked on the previous one. Right. Like, this is like their second shot at, yeah. at one of these the evil escapes things. Yeah. And that's why, like, you lose me at the beginning of it where, like... I like the idea that the Amityville house is so radioactively evil that anything that is in the Amityville house for a period of time is just going to have that stink on it, mm-hmm. and then you take it somewhere else, and it's going to be bad. Yeah. This mirror is some sort of cursed arcane object to begin with. The design mm-hmm. of the thing, it's all evil corners and grooves and has two red eyes in the center it's just like yeah. it just should have just been a mirror like a normal mirror and it just it just so happens yeah. because of its provenance the, guess what it is super evil and it also I think this is one of the cases uh, unless I'm unless I misinterpreted it where they said that the evil in the mirror actually predates the Amityville house so maybe it was bit. drawn they definitely suggest, to yeah, the yeah. house yeah yeah it's almost like the Amityville house acted as like a halfway house for possessed items to all get together. It just is the Friday the 13th pawn shop. It like really all of is. these evil escape ones, this is that is the underlying thing. Yeah. It's like in modern days it would be like if somebody was running a home Etsy, you know, like craft redistribution shop or something. Yeah. But you know But possessed. Evil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, there's an evil mirror in this movie. Um, it's been and, in my family for generations. Yeah. And uh, you should have had a New England accent. That would have made it so much better. The, yeah. the the homeless person who gives our main character the magic mirror, it should have been like, you know, uh What's his name? Judd from Pet Cemetery. Fred, oh, yeah. Fred Gwynn. It's yeah. like, it's it's mirror this mirror has been in my family for generations. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got an evil top. <laughs> it's going to make you look like a has potted on the wrong side. Maybe a little murder. <laughs> um, Sometimes dirty is better. Mm-hmm. So it, it was in his family for generations. That's what he said. The family did not live for generations at the Amityville house, so no. they brought that mirror to the house. Unless he's just full of shit. And then everything goes, I, but like... He is crazy. He is crazy. He Nothing is crazy. in this movie, you can never po- like push on anything in this movie lo- too long before it just completely like falls apart. Mm, it's a Jenga script. It's a Jenga script, because like the, this is the central, the central issue that I have with the movie, is that it couldn't decide, does it want to be a in a haunted supernatural object movie or a psychological thriller about uh, the effects on trauma at a young age. Right, which is why I feel like it started as a different script and they're like, mm. they want another Amityville. Well, you know, if we just say the mirror's possessed, mm-hmm. then, okay, but I, I guess it's Amityville. Except, or 
Okay, yeah. So they started with the psychological thriller script mm-hmm. and then started shoehorning all the Amityville yeah. stuff in. And that's why it's in the beginning. So this one takes place in an undisclosed town, which is probably supposed to be New York. I think so, but it looks... Uh, it's, it's L.A. It's L.A. Or it's, it's San Diego. Yeah. It's like some California mm. place, which is really yeah. nice. But it's hilarious because there will be times where people are out in the park surrounded by palm trees trees and they will be covered in like four layers of clothing because supposedly it's cold. Yeah. It's terrible. It's, it's the most LA New York you've ever seen. Exactly. Uh, no tall buildings. No. Um, so she's a guy in you know, some probably outskirts and suburbs. Yeah. But yeah. Which I'll grant them the loft housing they're supposed to be in could be more an industrial play, industrial yeah. neighborhood and everything. But again, if that was a New York one, even if like we're saying like you're in, you know, you're, you know, out of reaches Brooklyn. Yeah. There is no way any of these artists could have afforded no. the, this apartment. Like, you think Friends was ridiculous on the apartment? This um, is this movie feels like horror movie Friends. Yeah. And, like, we looked it up. It's basically, like, a year before Friends came out. Yeah. But all of the outfits... the All of the outfits are actually surprisingly on point for yeah. the people of of this age group at that time. Yeah, like, whether it was art direction or they just hired people who look cool. I, you know, it's like we could almost give them credit. Maybe the actors brought their own clothes. Yeah. Maybe they were all hip. Yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah, there is this... Uh, there's this building full of studio apartments loaded with artists of different types. Uh, like lo- loft studios. Not, yeah. not, not like one-bedroom things, but actually like, like workspaces that you yeah. also live in. Giant open rooms, mm-hmm. giant windows, high ceilings. Uh, we have uh, the painter. We have... Uh, Suki. Uh, Suki is the painter, uh, um, who has, at the very beginning, an abusive boyfriend who's the first victim of the mirror. Yes, played by a very pirately dressed Robert Rustler of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 and Weird Science fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Suki, yeah, Suki's our painter. Our main character is Keys Terry. I'm just going to repeat that. His name is Keys Terry. His first name is K-E-Y-E-S. Last name Terry. They will say Keys every single scene. Mm-hmm. It will never sound normal or natural, mm-hmm. even once. Because they occasionally make sure to say full name Keys Terry in case you thought one person might have read the line wrong mm-hmm. and there was a comma in there and that his name is Terry keys also terrible but more of an actual name right um yeah they make sure to repeat it periodically just so you understand this is his name this is actually his name that we picked and made them say yeah over and over and over again he's got a girlfriend who is some sort of art dealer muckety muck person yeah and as it turns out is the sanest human being in the mm-hmm. entire film much to well not her detriment but to everybody else's detriment because it's like it's kind of like the alien protocol where uh, the greatest shortest review of the original alien movie is uh, there. it goes something like uh, there's a uh, smart woman on a, on a spaceship Nobody listens to the smart woman, and then everybody dies except for the smart woman and her cat. Mm-hmm. Not almost everybody dies in this one. So then, uh, uh, a lot of people die. Not everybody. Not everybody. Yeah. I know, but there was like, actually a fair amount of survivors. Surprising thinking, but spoiler. Huh? Yeah. Um, David Naughton, 
the American werewolf in London is our landlord uh, with his girlfriend and or wife mm-hmm. who uh, I forget what the actress's name is but she was the prudish girl in um, Friday the 13th part 4 the quote unquote final chapter I say prudish because it's a Friday the 13th she still gave it up yeah. but you know you had to earn it yeah. and then rounding out the uh Law, the uh, the art house of weirdos is none other than Richard Roundtree as the more experimental abstract artist yeah, of the, the group. the best artist of the group. The best right. artist of the group. Gonna, because plot, it, you know, plot being that mirror drives people crazy. Let's talk about the art first because yeah. I know it's going to distract us along the way. That's fair. There's uh, a lot of, there is actually a lot of good art in this movie. There is. And the painter it's... Um, Suki. Yeah. Suki does some interesting paintings I uh, not necessarily anything I would hang in my place but it's like, a little grim it's a little grim and um, some of the stroke and technique is a little simplistic for my tastes but it's at least evocative yes um, like think Clive Barker if but like a less talented like less abstract more like less abstract and a broader color palette than Barker usually uses yes. Barker tends towards just like grays Dark. blues blacks that's fair um, this Ooh. is a richer yeah uh, a richer Clive, spectrum very 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 good uh, I'll, I'll go with uh, let, let's try Clive Barker but instead of focusing more on mood of the piece he she is focusing on the actual object that she's trying to convey got it yes um, yeah but in um, terms of subject matter very similar to Clive's paintings very much even so. before she's possessed yeah a lot of the work looks like she has this image of this demon or this ghost yeah. or this thing and like hits that hard and then the back and the side details are really just kind of finishing up the paint. Yes. Um, but yeah, it makes for a really interesting apartment because the, like, all of these paintings are hanging uh, willy-nilly. Like, f- they're suspended from the ceiling as opposed to being, like, uh, hung on a wall. Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're just kind of... Um, Floating. It's... Like, and also they're hung by nooses. Mm-hmm. You know that you know that scene in a lot of uh, a lot of horror movies where somebody's being chased through a yard where laundry's on the line and it's, yes. all of the sheets are hanging randomly around. It's kind of that, but yeah. with yeah, macabre paintings. Yes, um, it's a cool it. setup. It's it it's really a neat apartment. It's, like like the movie does look good. Like yeah, not, absolutely. Like it's not a boring movie to look mm-hmm. at at least. Yeah. Keys, yeah. Go ahead. Um, now Keys, his photography. He is a photographer, mm-hmm. and most of his photography is Ans- eh. Ansel Adams. Yeah, it's fine. Um, partway through the movie, starts to have ideas oh, for oh. a you know for installation. An, an installation. First ideas are that he's making little dioramas of a lot of the pictures he's taken of people. Mm-hmm. He's gonna. Blow Blow them up, and he's going to have life-size cutouts and make life-size dioramas of real people that might go to this installation. Which yeah, so is that an he can idea. then blow them away. <laughs> right, and he was, yeah, he was going to go in and when he said blow blow up, and it's like I thought he was going to shoot them. Oh, you meant yes, like you meant blow up. <laughs> enlarge the prints uh, to basically like yeah, life st- size. yeah, like cardboard stand-ups mm-hmm. and such, and but like still do some collage with them. Yeah. Um, which then drifts into an idea of, well, if you're going to do that, why not really take it far and have us that live in this house yeah. sit at a Thanksgiving dinner style, you know, 
set up in front of everyone and then he comes in with a super soaker full of fake blood I think it was supposed yeah, to be it's like red paint or yeah. red, red, red food coloring and stuff yeah and then he Shoot was going up. to uh, metaphorically go in and blow away his family air quotes yeah. Yeah. Um, as an homage to the dreams he had been having about yes. his childhood well we, we, we are jumping a little bit ahead. okay well we, yeah. we're jumping a little bit ahead there the um Keys runs into a homeless person across the street who gives him the evil mirror that's been in his family for generations. Once the mirror is in, they, they bring the mirror in and then uh, they quickly pawn it off on Suki because Suki wants it and uh, Keys' girlfriend does not want it in the apartment. Yeah. And then it starts... Inf- it inf- first infects uh, first infects uh, Robert Rustler, and he yeah. sees it's kind of like mirror the gag in mirrors where you look in a mirror and your reflection is doing something terrible, but instead of it physically manifesting in the real person, they just get so freaked out they end up accidentally hurting themselves. Right, it's more predictive. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he freaks out at it and... Starts stabbing himself with the knife that he had intended for his girlfriend. Yeah. So, really, in that case, the mirror was protecting her. Yeah. For now. For now. Um, (laughs) But then, yeah. He had better plans for her. Yeah. And in the mirror, he had started slashing his face. His beautiful face. And then he, when he, like, starts freaking out, he runs and smashes his, you know, beautiful face through the window. Sure. And completely cuts up his face like it was in the mirror. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it yeah. looks enough like a suicide. The dude jumped through a window and he yeah. cut himself. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're introduced to our last important character, uh, Officer douchebag. Yeah, I uh, just... Terry Quinn. Yeah, it's Terry Quinn from Lost and the Stepfather fame. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, in this movie, he looks eerily like G. Gordon Liddy. I mean, any bald white guy with a mustache. But it's it's such a specific Liddy yeah. mustache. Um, maybe with the... Like, he has a lot of brown suits and everything, so maybe yeah. that's enhancing the vibe. Yeah. I, I, I'm not disagreeing, but it's... Mm. But dear God in heaven... G. Gordon Liddy is never the first thing I think of when I look at anybody. This is true, but it's... Even G. Gordon Liddy. I just think about, man, I could be looking at anybody else. I just think with his mustache and his not being so great with the law, I think maybe that's That's it. Yeah. I used to listen to the G. Gordon show back... Oh, God. Well, it was like... It was the old JFK lineup. Yeah, Don and Mike, G. Gordon, Howard Stern, G. Gordon, Don and Mike, and then the Grease Man. And so it's like, you just got to get through this like... The Grease Man. The Grease Man. We need him in an avenue of heart. Oh, my God. Don't get me excited. That would be the greatest thing ever. It's like people are starting to... Like, oh, my God. Can you imagine if they do it? Like, it's... Like he starts talking in the Grease Man vocabulary, the more possessed he gets. It's like, what the, what the hell is Gaga? What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Jesus God, uh, we're not sorry. sure where everyone. This is, is your fault. You brought film. up G Gordon Liddy. This is your <laughs> fault. Well, Band Abba gives him an erection. Oh. <laughs> A thing that Don and Mike used to play all the time that they caught him saying at the studio <laughs> one week. And it's pretty much what I think of when I hear of him. His yeah. love of band, ABBA. I mean, um, 
Anywho, yeah, uh, you can do your research on all of these uh, TC Baltimore radio yeah, drive time radio, um, talk radio. <laughs> anyway, so, so Terry uh, O'Quinn shows up and is presented as a normal homicide detective. Mm-hmm. Remember this for later, because yeah, it will be infuriating. Mm-hmm. So as far as we know. Perfectly normal homicide detective, not doing a great job of figuring out that it was a homicide committed yeah. by a supernatural presence, which in the, his I defense, can in his defense, yeah. Um, so then it moved the 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 mirror moves on to Suki, mm-hmm. and uh, she becomes a lot more active. In terms of uh, sexy times. Yeah. And is going after um, David Naughton. Yeah, she Ooh. is wearing uh, basically the she's all that artist overalls it's things, except without a shirt. Without a shirt. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And yeah, she, uh, she then mm. starts... Uh, Flirting with under the influence of the mirror, yeah. uh, and um, edging Naughton into a hookup, yeah. uh, which does get interrupted by uh, the cop shows yes. up and it starts he, asking her about the case. He, he, and he then, needs signatures on these mm-hmm. statements. Yeah, and so he's got this list of statements and he's trying to find where everybody else would be. And, and also, one of them keys. In. You don't know anything more about this, do you, Keys? Like right, like actually, I'll give him credit. They build up his interest in keys steadily, but not overly quickly, which I appreciated. Yeah. And, like, so, yeah, keys like is it, brought it, into the apartment to give his statement. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting everybody's statement, and Naughton has been hiding because he's not currently with his wife or girlfriend. No. And so, finally, like, oh, there's and, only this one statement have, I have left to get, and it's, uh, yeah, let's see your landlord. And so, they just, she just calls him out from the back. It's like, hey, you want to come out and sign this? And he comes out without a shirt. He had like, like 30 seconds to get his shirt on. Yeah. What the, like, he looks like a serial uh, womanizer. I don't mm-hmm. understand this. Like, there's no way he is, this is the first time he's cheated on his girlfriend. Yeah. Disappoint. Yeah. So, but yeah, so like, now everybody knows, and then nothing is done with that. Yeah. At all. No. Yeah, no. The the girlfriend or wife, wife never finds out. Never finds out. And it's never really concerned and they never apologizes. And honestly, their chemistry seems fine on the other side. So there's a very good chance that they just didn't want to include the language for an open relationship in a movie in the mid-90s. Could have been. But but well, more than likely, this is going to be the first of many plot holes or dangling plot threads in the mm. film. There will be more. Oh, yeah. So at this point, the homeless man that gave Keys the mirror uh, turns up murdered. This one, the cab has no trouble determining he was murdered because he has several gaping stab wounds Mm -hmm. in his chest. And he calls in, this is Terry O'Quinn, calls in Keys to identify the body. Keys correctly responds with I don't know who this man is because even if the person gave you something he's still just a hobo yeah because you're a a bad person listener you know you are (laughs) yeah this was a homeless guy 
who was out front of my apartment building and said, hey, free mirror. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't, you know. Memorize every detail about mm-hmm. it. But it turns out he had, I think uh, Keys, Keys had written his name, because of course Keys wrote his goddamn name down, yep. on, on like some money he tried to give to the homeless man for the mirror, or at the very least like a, like contact info, because he wanted to give him something for it. Give him something for it. Right. But so that's why and he's brought After it. he gives it to him, the homeless man had vanished. Yep. And then turned up stabbed multiply much stabbed and this is an interesting thing because you know as a homicide detective you know that he's got to be on the case to find the murderer who winds up being well I was going to build to that but yeah that's that's like my my biggest annoying plot thread is that we honest you honestly got never find out who killed this guy yeah and before you ask dear listener no the stab wounds just weren't self-inflicted. This no. is not... We're not talking about, like, he stabbed himself once in the heart, and then that yeah. was it. He's got, like, three or four stab wounds across his chest. He mm. would not be able to do that. I do apologize for dragging that out earlier. <laughs> bastard. I was it's worried fine. that we, like the movie, would have completely forgotten about it. Oh, no. I got it, like, big letters right here. Oh. Never found out who killed the old man. Mm. So, Keys doesn't want to have anything to do with this, mainly because... Why should he have anything to do with this? But Detective Terry O'Quinn call, like says, like, ah, we'll take care of the uh, the arrangements and everything. Don't you worry about it. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not. And then Terry, Detective Terry O'Quinn calls him to the gravesite for a few more questions, at which point he reveals that the homeless man may be Keys Terry's estranged father. Like, it's on the tombstone. It's like, Father of Keys, Terry. And it's like, yeah, it's like this is the most... Expi- like, Columbo wouldn't waste the money on this trick. Yeah. Like, this is an... It's an engraving. He's It's an it engraved tombstone. Yeah. You paid like, for this. He's like, I didn't pay to have that put on there. I'm not the devoted son. Yeah. Why would you do that? Oh, I guess it was a mistake. Dun, dun, dun. And so... Detective Terry O'Quinn correctly surmised that Keith Terry would immediately go to the mental hospital where our homeless man was uh, imprisoned or uh, mm-hmm. treated. Yeah, treated for uh, a number yeah. of years. Not treated well, but no. treated. Yeah, no. Uh, I was just, it's you're not imprisoned when you're in a mental hospital because you're not a criminal. You're right. sick. Though you, you might help. be there without. Uh, you might not be allowed to leave. To leave. Yeah. Um, he Until, gets you there. Get Until you get mm-hmm. better. Until you get better. Less, uh, less air quote crazy than the inmates uh, at this now three quarters shut down mental I, asylum. I, I, I did not like this mental hospital in terms no. of, uh, you know, it would be one thing. It's like we're not tearing the building down, but nobody's here anymore, mm-hmm. and so we have it like as an archival thing, and we have yeah. it like. Just Lynn Shay is our the only person that actually works there, and yeah. that's why she's going insane. And she is definitely like she's she's camping it up, and it's a lot of fun. It she's, really is. Yeah. She's so good. You know, so she good. was she was putting salt on that scenery and going to town. God, yeah. Um, but as Keys wanders around the mental hospital, it's clear that there are still patients. Oh yeah, in the hospital. I'm just wandering yeah. around. When is the last time you've been to a mall? Uh. 
like three or four months ago, maybe. Okay. Um, would you say that this mental home has the look of many, many, many a mall in that? Yeah, we have a lot of rooms here that are definitely not being used. <laughs> we are not even bothering to clean these sections of it. Like we're just kind of letting us, like this wing fall to shit. Yeah. Like okay, stick to the food court. You're gonna be all right. But if you start going down to, you know, where. Two guys used to be, or Sears. Mm-hmm. Um, you're on your own. You know this. Now that you mention it, this makes the one bit where Keys is walking down the hallway and passes a sunglasses hut. Yes, that makes yeah. so much more sense yeah. now. Yeah, and um, you know, trying to find a nice, cute talisman at Claire's boutique or Indeed. something. Yeah, yeah. Like he gets accosted by at least one perfume uh, stall. Yeah, and honestly, if there was still a sharper image, I'm sure they would have had non-possessed mirrors that would have been nice and way overpriced. Do you think sharper image has gone, you know, almost completely out of business because malls now put the massage chairs, like, in... The uh, the main uh, the main out the main highways like you can just put money into it and so you don't have a reason to pretend you're browsing at Sharper Image anymore. Oh, that's why because uh, you said the exact word. That's why I think Sharper Image is doing just as fine as ever is because I have only ever seen people browse in that store. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone buy something from one. I think um, I did when I was eleven. But yeah, eleven. But you go in there like, oh, here is a $200 desk golf set. Obviously. Ah. I'm going to put it into, you know, Mm -hmm. one of my four watertight steamer trunks. Just in case I'm lost. This is true. This is true. And no matter where you go, you take that luggage with you. You have a man. Man can only rely on his luggage. Mm -hmm. That is not Harry Shearer. But man... It really feels like it's yeah. for sure in that movie. That's from Joe vs. the Volcano, which is definitely a more interesting movie and not why we're, you know, moving away from our movie. But it tur- as it turns out, uh, Keith Terry is, in fact, the son of the homeless man who used to live in a mental hospital and murdered uh, all of his family. Not necessarily in the Amityville house. Like, it's presented a lot like the Ronnie DeFeo thing, but it's definitely a different place. They are not specific because I think if they claimed it was the Amityville house, but people said it doesn't look like it, you could call bullshit. Or if it was the Amityville house and it just looks like they're leaving it up to you, the audience, to assume that without explicitly agreeing to it. Fair. And and also, they couldn't afford anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, we get some exterior shots of the Amityville, Amityville house. Well, it starts appearing stills. in the mirror. Yeah, it's yeah. like we see stills. It starts appearing in the mirror. But it's at this point that the movie takes like a dramatic tonal shift. Like, this is where it becomes... Now it's a psychological horror movie, or a psychological thriller, about Keys Terry and his buried post-traumatic stress disorder because as it turns out Detective Terry O'Quinn is not just a police detective. Mm-hmm. He is a psychological, supernatural police detective. Yeah, psychopathology. Psychopathology. Uh, he's with the psychopathology unit, unit of the police department. Yeah. Um, it's the low-budget Mulder and Scully 
department, mm-hmm. which, yeah, you're right. It's not necessarily... Uh, I don't think he under... He's not there because there's a supernatural element to it. He just thinks, as he says later, he believes that Keys Terry... God, I'm doing it now. Yeah. Is a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. And so... Instead of presenting this information to Keys and, like, you know, helping him get into some sort of program or at least some sort of assessment to see how he's dealing with all that, he keeps prodding him and putting him in these situations that are designed to make him go nuts. Yeah. This is... We stopped the movie. We stopped the movie in the middle of watching it just because it's like, I'm psychopathology cop and I think you're going to go crazy. It's like... What? What are we even doing? It's like, oh, you're on the bear poking squad. Bear poking squad. This isn't even. This isn't even thought crimes. This isn't Minority Report. This is. I think you're going to possibly commit a crime, so I'm going to drive you to it so I can arrest you. I just like. It's like the whole time he's like, it was buried in you, and it would come out eventually. It's like he's thirty five. Like when is it going to come out? Or maybe it's so buried so deep it wasn't going to until you made me go to the mental hospital. Yeah. There's a. There's something to be said for nature versus nurture, but if you are actively prodding somebody who might have it in their nature... Maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't call it nurturing. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, but, like... Terrible. He, he just... Terrible. He's pushing him towards it. Um, we didn't cover that... Uh, I think before this is when uh, Suki... Suki. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, so, it's all kind of happening... The Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, a lot of this is kind of... Yeah, um, going on it's ha- separate from each other before yeah. it comes back together. Things are happening a lot... Like, for, like, the whole first half of the movie, there is no central main character. And so it's fun because the things about Suki are focused all about Suki. The things about, like, David Nunn focused on about him. And it's only after the homeless man dies that the movie becomes about Keys Terry. Damn it, I can't not do it now. I know. And, um... Well, that's because you have to say Keys Terry, not Officer Terry O'Quinn. Yeah, Officer Officer Terry O'Quinn. A lot of Terrying. A lot of Terry's. Let's not tarry any longer. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, there's a bunch of plot points happening contemporaneously in the movie that mm-hmm. we find out about later. Yeah, we, we've done a lot of ensemble story and shooting that could have been kind of thrown in any order. Yeah. For 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 the middle section. Way. Yeah, it's yeah. just we're following the ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, Suki has been painting more and more... Uh, giant dark tapestries yeah and and the things keep coming out of them yeah uh kind of like when the kids flipping through the book of ultimate evil in saturday the 14th um there's an image of a monster and then you turn around and then you look back and there's the painting but the monster is gone from it because it's yeah it's (laughs) somewhere in and around and you figure these monsters are going to jump out but instead she looks in the mirror and the mirror shows her holding one of the nooses that holds up her paintings Mm -hmm. and basically encourages her to hang herself yeah because keep in mind the nooses were there they, this wasn't like the the, ha- the the mirror didn't make her do the nooses. She was hanging in Yeah, her nooses. art was dark. She had nooses in the apartment. Yeah. So the mirror is looking at like what's going to be goth, the most. Though, which was mm-hmm. kind of nice. Like, she wasn't a goth, though. Sure, but darkness resides in us all. Oh, I know. But, like, I, I mean, she wasn't coded uh, visually as a goth. Oh, no. Which was kind which of I, a nice change of pace. Yeah. Because, yes, there is, like, yeah, I, I dress in bright colors. But, you know, I am at one with the darkness within me. Right sort of thing. It was kind of fun. Change of pace. Exactly. Did I like this movie? No. No. But maybe. 
Huh. Anyway. So Keyes comes back, and this is where we start getting... Once he... Like, I swear to God, this is all Terry O'Quinn's fault. Because now that he knows his secret origin mm-hmm. with uh, the lunatic father who killed the mother in the hospital, we skipped over the part we, where we the should flashback. cover yeah we um well we get the flashbacks in chunks anyways so yeah it's, yeah it's, it works so. it's still good yeah we're so. still the most professional podcast you listen to listener don't tell mm-hmm. don't listen to anybody else for certain about this series definitely about the amityville series <laughs> so yeah he um yeah uh the his his father kills the mother um the, we we get when he's in the mental hospital uh, or the mental hospital triggers his flashback to when he was a small boy after uh, his death. Oh! It's not his family. That's what it is. So the father killed the the guy killed his family. Uh, the father's family. The homeless yeah. man killed his family. And the, was locked, the family, yeah. yeah, and was locked uh, was locked up temporarily, but then got out at some point, and then yeah. impregnated Keys Terry's mother. Right. And um, she didn't know who he was. Uh, the 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 crazy man. Yeah. Uh, but then later finds out, and so she brings, uh, what like eight or ten years old Keys. If that, like, I want to say, yeah. like, looks under ten. Yeah, exactly. Um, and young enough that, like, I'd say by ten, that's going to be a tough memory to bury. So I'm going to say, like, probably, I was assuming six or seven. Sure. That, that, but it could be whatever. Yeah. It I'll was bet. ill-defined. Yeah. So once again, in the wor- world's worst mental hospital, uh, the crazy person who has killed his entire family gets loose and murders the shit out of Keyes' mom. In front of him. In front of him. Mm-hmm. And he completely represses this. Yeah. He forgets I, completely about it. I don't believe him. Yeah. Now, I blame Ter- Detective Terry O'Quinn because, you know, it's like, hey, I had successfully buried this memory so deep I was mm-hmm. never going to know, know about it. But thank you for giving me my father's gravestone and bringing me into this. Mm-hmm. Giving me uh, and giving me a trail of breadcrumbs yeah. to find out the worst shit I didn't need to know. All of which has borderline nothing to do with the evil possessed mirror. Right. The mirror is kind of... The mirror is not working on I think like Keys will later see things in the mirror but I think it's less the mirror is possessing him and more like it's just like, like hey buddy yeah I'm into I'm into your shit yeah he's got this mirror now that just happens to coincide with officer fucks with you oh my god uh, now you, you may be wondering how the homeless guy uh, his father um, who murdered his mother and his own family Same. was able to you know be out on the street well that was that was very quickly brushed off on <laughs> Ronald Reagan yep. shutting down the budgets for mental homes yep that's a fair that's a fair uh, it is explanation a, it is a fair plot point and a fair yeah. assessment it's and if you want to see more of this uh, highly recommend a really weird little movie called Million Dollar Hotel there you go um, for a weird. second, I thought you were going to say crazy people with Dudley Moore, but that's very different. I've totally. never actually seen that. Yeah. I have very limited use for Dudley Moore. It's not one of his better films, Dud- but there are post eighties Dudley Moore. Yeah. Like the, I'm sure the old uh, albums and everything. Oh, with Cook and Moore. Yeah, hilarious. Cook and Moore is amazing. Sure. Uh, crazy people is an eh is it crazy movie? Movie? 
Is it ordinary people? It's no, crazy the, people with Dudley Moore. You're right. You're right. And you're right, Hannah. You're right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's a eh movie with some really funny bits about the ad, for, ad campaigns they do. Anywho, um, so yeah, he gets out of the mental institution because Reagan slashed the budgets yep. and well, needed more homeless people, I guess. Um, now, you also might be wondering how he got this mirror back. So are we. Yep. Again, a lot of plot threats. A lot of connective tissue that would have made this a tight, interesting movie. Yep. It is sort of interesting. Oh, God. I think I'm going to accidentally end up liking this movie. It's interesting in the way that... The parts don't come together as a whole, but there are a lot of interesting ideas and parts. Yeah. It's like buying a puzzle and finding out if it has all of its pieces and if they're all from the same puzzle or if you just went to a yard sale from somebody who did not care. No, but there are enough pieces of the main picture that like, you can almost see it. I know there's something here. Yeah, so Keys is going nuts. And, uh, like, kind of, like, he, he, as we talked about earlier, he's got ideas for his installation for, like, the forthcoming big art show. But then the girlfriend has the great idea, and I honestly do think it's a great idea, because, like, he, Keyes thinks he's going to recreate, uh, or turn into his father and murder a bunch of people, because that's what he keeps dreaming about. Mm-hmm. And so, Keyes' girlfriend comes up with the idea, let's do it as an installation, where yeah. we'll, we'll set up a dinner table a la the dream that you're having and then you come in with a squirt gun and shoot us with the red paint get it out of your system yeah actually do the thing yeah. like yeah this is this, this is, is not the worst therapeutic idea it is it, it's definitely better than anything he'd get at that hospital we saw 100% and uh, they want to do this art installation at their like at their studio apartments because the, all of them are falling behind on rent because cool. things have been tough lately and the landlord uh, doesn't want him to do it at first comes around to the idea because well, I guess you're a landlord you want to get paid in his defense and the movie's defense I appreciated that he said well we're not zoned for that I don't have a license for that I don't have any of the insurance for this and yeah, so if like, here literally anything goes wrong yes. I will be in a lot of financial trouble right well we're trying to maybe got you guys get the rent mm-hmm. and I could just kick you all out yeah but he likes them he actually he does, does hang out with them he almost sleeps with one of them yeah. um, he's I mean like, he's not a bad guy landlord no there, there's actually a lot of uh, there's a fun common space in between all the apartments where there's a bit at the beginning where they're all ha- all of our main characters are hanging out and it's almost reminiscent of like uh, Friday the 13th slasher movie fireplace let's get everybody together yeah. and see what they're like and I kind of appreciated that they found a way to do that in a city, in an urban yeah. environment. You could still have that scene yeah. and serve that function. The but character s- dynamics, through, especially through the residence, was a lot of fun. There was, yeah. you know, the characters were distinct from each other. They they all had all good voices. Yeah. The cast is so good yeah. that it's hard for them not to be likable. Right. Even with a name like Keys Terry. Yep. So, um, so they have this art installation where they're each going to, in their own, you know, residence, mm-hmm. set up displays of whatever, and yeah, just try and try and move some stuff or try and put on a nice thing, get some notices. They've got reporters that are going to swing out and art critics and all that. Um, and so, yeah, he's going to do this whole grand thing. 
Um, and, and then the mo- the movie producers remembered that this was a horror movie, mm-hmm. and so we have to have at least one more murder. And so David Naughton gets unceremoniously like electrocuted to death when the circuit is blown. Yeah, he gets kind of just thrown into it, or he, it's he, like he kind of like yeah, like Suki appears, and then he gets zapped. Yeah. And Keyes' hallucinations progress even worse, and then suddenly, suddenly he's in the asylum again, and all the all the in in every cell or every room are the three people that have been murdered: Suki, David Nunn, and Robert Lu- Robert Russler. As if like like they're trying to remember, like they're trying to like dis- like remember. Oh wait, there is a supernatural. Are they in hell? Mm-hmm. Is, is this are something? these ghosts? Are is this possessed? just a vision? Um, he didn't know Naughton had been killed, so I'm guessing no? they had to have been yeah ghosts. Um, yeah. Yeah, in the mirror, maybe. Yeah, and like, kind of. I feel like it was trying to push a little. There was no mirror gag with the David Naughton death at all, none whatsoever. Oh, for God's sake! Uh, I feel like they had probably watched Jacob's Ladder again recently, or something like that, or maybe. I guess would this have been out after Mouth of Madness? Um, I don't know. No, I think it's slightly before. Well, definitely after Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, I think so. That would have been like 89, 90. Yeah. Um, well, this was 96, right? And I feel like Mount no, Madden. this was like 94. Okay. Doll, Dollhouse. Dollhouse is 96. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, which will be next week. Yep. Anyway, um, but it definitely, like, it looked like somebody had seen something similar in another movie, because it Mm -hmm. didn't quite fit here. No, but it's a thing that happened. It's kind of like when you, you, like, there was a, if you watch the Never Sleep Again documentary or the the behind-the-scenes interviews with uh, John Shoulder, the director of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, where it's just like, hey, hey, director, nothing is happening for the first half of the movie. You have to move one of these murders earlier Mm -hmm. or else you're losing everybody. And so I feel like it's like, hey, it's been like 40 minutes of nothing horrifying happening. We should do something now. So David Naughton dies and all of a sudden we have the mental hospital from hell that Mm -hmm. has... It has no bearing. Like, he runs... Like, he sees all the people, and then they just disappear, and it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. So... I do hate this movie. (laughs) Yeah. So it comes around, and he finally shows up at the installation. He has been seeing these things, and we know that the mirror has done things to people, and it has convinced people to do horrible things. Now he's got a shotgun. And he's got a shotgun, not the squirt gun. No, he's got the real shotgun. Very clearly. Which was from... Richard Roundtree's installation Which was. I'd like to come back. I'd like okay, to close fair on enough, that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. No as absolutely hands down my favorite yeah. thing in the movie. Continue. But he has this shotgun from another installation, and starts just unload. He's like, he is facing, like, everybody. There's all the people that he had set up at the dinner table, but there's like what. 10, 12 yeah, art like critics. A, a like solid a smattering of... Chic people. Yeah. And he just starts unloading in their direction. He's shooting the windows that are maybe a foot above them. But those... Uh, those windows had blown out. Oh, the windows those had blown out. Yeah, the, they, he's shooting stuff. Now he comes in and they're trying to figure out 
what's going on. Is that a real gun? Yeah. Is it really loaded? Because he was supposed to come in with a squirt gun. Yeah. The windows had blown out. The windows when, had blown out when it was messing with him earlier. Right. Yeah. So, and all the glass is blown inside. Yep. And for, um, it has not been swept. Has not been swept. <laughs> and everyone's sitting, like, he, just walking the around. The friends are all sitting down at the table looking at the glass blown into the installation and not really questioning how that would have been no. possible no. or any of They just it's think, fine. okay, he did a thing and this is weird and this is not what we signed up for, but I'm sure it's fine. Oh, here he is. That is a real gun. What the fuck? But before, Daryl, they, they stay in character. They, they keep did. with it, kayfabe. And then <laughs> he does, cocks the shotgun, and then it fires a real shotgun blast. At, like, the turkey? Was it? Uh, at the turkey, yeah. then at the mirror. And then, yeah. Well, the mirror is, when, when he finds, he, he, like, the mirror is a very intentional shot. Right. Whereas, like, he's still kind of possessed, maybe, and we going think, nuts. Yeah, we don't know if he's crazy or not. We don't know. He has shot the turkey. We know the stakes are real. We yeah. know that Ironically, this is... because uh, it's... Yeah. Um, sorry. But, yeah, like, he... He's... We are give everybody at the table is given a reason yeah. to be freaked the fuck out. Yeah, but still die. trusting him. Hopefully, even though several people have died in this yeah. space in not a long time. No, and but still, luckily, Detective Terry O'Quinn is there, at, like to see the shot get, like to see Keys shoot the mirror, and to give him the thumbs up and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. you're good, buddy." And then he just walks away. Well, the best part is he walks in with the shotgun. Yeah. And Detective Terry O'Quinn sees him walk in with the shotgun, knowing what he's... Knowing that he is a ticking time bomb of murder. All of the things he's been looking forward to and predicting, it's like he wanted it to happen. Totally. Because the other cops... He could write, write like, a whole paper on this guy if he ends up murdering the people. But what's weird is, like, whereas, like, in other movies, like, your Friday the 13th Part 7, whereas, like, Terry Kaiser is very codedly coded as, like, a self-serving jerk. Mm -hmm. Or your Carter Burke. It's just like, you know, this would be terrible if this happened, Mm -hmm. but awesome. Uh, This guy is presented as the good guy throughout the whole thing. Yeah, he's supposed to be some form of hero. He's, you know, he's the cop on the case. But he walks in with a shotgun and Officer, Officer Stepfather just stops the other cops from doing anything. He's like, yeah, whoa, 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 yeah. hold on a second. This is an art installation. Let's see how it plays out. Yep. Okay. To um, say, it's like, it can never be understated. It's really great to be a white man in America. Yeah, because... so very, very... You like, can walk into any just, room with a gun aimed at people and... Let's see how this plays out. Let's see how this plays out. Let's make sure that uh, he has bad intent before mm-hmm. we... Let's not jump to any conclusions. <laughs> oh, poor. Anyway. Anyway, the mirror gets shot. Um, yeah, Detective Locke. There's like a big leaves. hell thing yeah. that shoots out of the mirror. That is yeah, almost like kind of. It's an afterthought because yeah. at this point the movie's a psychological horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a supernatural horror movie at the end of the movie. Yeah, like we can't prove that any of it was supernatural, even though we can't explain a few of the things that happened. But there's yeah. no real way to be sure. 
The only thing we can be sure about is that Richard Roundtree's art installation it's, was amazing. It's the best. Polly is a genius. Mm-hmm. He has set up a nice, comfortable recliner. In front of a TV. In front of a TV. Old, you know, old, old tube TV. Oh, yeah. Um, like, old for even the era when this came out. Yeah. Uh, talking, popcorn. Th- this sits on the floor. Like, there is no... A TV stand would not ha- would not be able to yeah. handle this television. It was weighty. Yeah. Um, and he's got behind the TV uh, mounted a video camera mm. aimed at him in the recliner. Yep. So he's watching himself on the TV yep. eating popcorn as people come in. And next to the camera is the aforementioned shotgun, which is hooked up to a timer. Yep. Doesn't know how long the timer's set for. Mm -hmm. He's just set up a shotgun with a timer and the camera. Uh, At one point goes for a bathroom break and comes back and somebody's sitting in the chair. Get the hell out of my chair. Mm -hmm. The guy looks up and he's like, what? It's not like that thing's loaded. He just stares at him for a second and you see the guy react both in shot and on the TV and you realize that's the installation is like oh I'm watching myself and I I could be watching my last moment like it's just it, it's yeah. something about the way it like mentally yeah. loops it's, it's I brilliant. love it it's really like it is the good version of the cliched stupid esoteric art installation that gets made fun of in so many movies and TV mm-hmm. shows like this is the that is a genius idea it's yeah. really good and like there is a uh, whole short story like maybe a creep yeah. show episode off yeah. of just that art yeah. installation but it was here as just kind of a detail in this, but loved it. I, I think that kind of sum. You're right. That does kind of sum up. It's just like there's so many good ideas in this movie mm-hmm. that are just like, okay, and now we're moving on to some other thing. Like, yeah. and not necessarily like, like giving a short shrift or anything. It's just like, why aren't you seeing that you could connect these things together into a stronger movie? Yeah, a better movie. Yeah. But yeah. What's the resale value for you on this Amityville house? I liked the cast. I liked the. I liked some of the what the hell moments. Um, I did like the presentation of the artists and their work. Um, I thought there were interesting ideas when you got away from the main story. Yeah. I thought, uh, again, like some fun performances. I feel like. Like it having to be an Amityville tie in in some way yeah. ruined all of the good ideas that this movie had. And trying to make this an Amityville movie, if there's what. Like either this was an interesting script that got shoehorned into being an Amityville, or it was a loose idea. We need an Amityville. Um, what about if we just kind of do it? But, but it, it didn't feel like it gelled with what it was asked to be. No, not at all. Like, it, um, it did not come together for me. I, I, I do agree, though, that the parts do make it worth watching. Like, it does not... We were never bored, bored. We were more confused and annoyed with choices as opposed to just, like, nothing is happening. This is not an interesting movie. Yeah. Like, the uh, like the number five, the one with Kim Coates. Yeah. Where it was just like, you know, you could have anything happening right now. Anything no. at all. This one, it did have a... It does have a lot of things... A lot of... 
uh, set pieces and good moments. And again, the cast really like the cast, even though like most of them are people that I've never really seen before or since, mm-hmm. other than like a few standouts. But you yeah. know, it's yeah, I, I, w- I would go with this. I, I would buy this one. I, I would buy this house, but it's you know, it's a fixer upper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it hadn't been an Amityville movie, one, we wouldn't have really seen it just yeah. now. But I feel like it could have been its own thing a little better. Yeah, agreed. Um, if it was, in fact, ever supposed to be its own thing. If it were ever I don't know. Yeah, fixer-upper. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Ah, cool. Amityville, a new generation. So we're going to go ahead and... Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week when we'll have uh, Amityville Dollhouse. Which, this- is this... I forget if this is actually an officially the evil escape an evil escapes adaptation. Uh, I'm not sure, but we'll find out before we get to that one. Um, I do know it's not based on the Eliza Dushku series, which had not existed yet. The Elijah Dushku? Oh, for God, I hate you so much. <laughs> just, That's the just, name I'm just, using for it. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week with what is the last of the original run of Amityville films before almost a decade off. Yeah, and before they sold out. <laughs> we'll find out what the resale on the app. We'll find out what the resale value is on the franchise. I guess in two weeks, then won't we? Yeah. 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 All right. Gonna help us. All right. Uh, See you guys later. Yep. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com. 